<laughs> what? Immediately, my mind just went to that song. Me too, Pitch Perfect. Yep. Let's do it. That should be like the intro. Let's talk about sex. Welcome to another episode of The Space Between. I'm excited about this. I'm really excited about this one now with my favorite, some of my favorite people in the world, especially our couples that we get to do life with now. Um, They are new. Love you guys. They're the best. I love them. Just got married. The Mariscals. Get to call y'all the Mariscals for the first time. That's awesome. Um, Carlos and Mandy, they um, are amazing people. Carlos is probably... I, I say this rarely. I say this about one other person. He's one of the nicest yeah. guys that I've ever met. Just genuinely nice. Like, I have to work at it. Some people are just natural. He's naturally a sweetheart, and I love it. That's, Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean. Now, oh, Mandy's a spitfire. Oh, no. A spitfire. My hat fell, fell off. It's going to be a good one. Oh, jeez. And Mandy, Mandy has the voice. If, if I had to guess what the angelic choir sounded like, oh, it would probably be Mandy's voice. Yeah. She has the best voice in the entire world. He's sitting over there like, yeah. Like, I for weeks. <laughs> <laughs> but don't get it twisted. She is a little fiery a little underneath. Fiery. Yep. She's a spitfire in the best way, which I love. And that is my amazing wife. You've seen her before. He let me back. I'm, I'll let you back. <laughs> it was a very good one. People love that one. Good. So, um, I'm excited about this one. This one is going to be a great conversation because it is a taboo. Um, today, we're talking about, uh, well, the title is Let's Talk About Sex. So we're going to talk about sex, especially for newly married couples. <laughs> like, not a lot of people talk about that. <laughs> what? Immediately, my mind just went to that song. Me too, Pitch Yep. Maybe. Let's talk about <laughs> sex. Let's do it. That should be like the intro. But nobody talks about it. I don't know what it is. I, I don't know if it's because it's taboo. I don't know if it's because people have to feel like they have the appearance of having it all together and knowing what it what they're talking about and what they're doing. But one of the big things that we noticed going into marriage is uh like we had I our marriage counselor, a very good mentor of mine, he said talk about sex um before, during, and after. Um really the before part being expectations. And so because of such a great counselor that we had, we went into it and we kind of had a foundation and a like, this is what we're expecting out of it. So we weren't shocked though. It was a whole new learning curve. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people don't talk about it, period. They're just like excited about it. And they're like, let's do this thing. But they don't, they don't lay down expectations. What were some of the expectations you guys had going into it? You know? It's funny because nobody talked to me about this like mm-hmm. at all. So mm-hmm. being newlyweds, this is fresh for us, and yeah. we're still working through this process. Yeah, I my expectations were like, well, now that we're married, like sex all the time, <laughs> all the time, sex all the time. You know, it's three free, times a day, it's free game. You know, <laughs> three square um, meals. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think my expectation was just like wild sex and yeah, it happening all the time. But uh, that's not reality, um, and I learned that real quick. Yeah. And um, I think a lot of guys need to hear that. Like, yeah. And 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 I think so. The crazy thing is, is like, yes, like sex is awesome, but it's also like a process. Mm-hmm. And like, 
That's and, good. And it's an opportunity to protect your wife mm-hmm. and, and create a safe environment in the household. That's and and how you lead that is really how you'll lead past that door into mm-hmm. the, in, into like life, you know? And so I've learned that this is a whole new learning curve, like you said, that I didn't know I would need to learn. Exactly. You know? Yeah. It's like, you know, your body does a certain thing and then you respond out of it. And, you know, sex is a natural thing, right? Um, but how you handle that in your marriage and, and how you lead that in your marriage as a man, um, no one really taught me. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that, that's been interesting. I love that you said that because it's like taking a test that you didn't know you had to study for. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, this, I didn't know this was going to have to, I didn't know we were going to have to talk about this mm-hmm. afterwards. You know, how did you, what did you not, you know, that's, yeah. it's just something that nobody tells you about. Um, so what were the, what were some of the expectations that you had? Expectations that I had, I came from a bit of a different past. Well, we had similar pasts, but um, I guess I came from a more unhealthy place when I came to sex. So mm-hmm. it was it was a bit different because when I came to the Lord, it was rewired. Mm-hmm. So then I almost looked at it, it was like, it wasn't even existed in my life. So then when I came back around to a place of marriage, because it wasn't in our relationship, intimacy in a physical form wasn't in our marriage or in our um Relationship, life, yeah. Relationship engagement. So then, when marriage hit, it was like, okay, now I have to face this yet again, and I'm not. I don't know if I'm prepared for it. So yeah. right out the gate, even like wedding night, I was like, whoa, skirt. We need to like hit the pause button. I don't know what I'm doing now. I need to like figure this out. Yeah. And I was like, wait, what? It's like there is no pause button. <laughs> I'm like, what? For the last eight months, we have fought for purity, and, and then on the first night that I, like, you know, I get you to, get to yeah. my wife's like, skr, skr. <laughs> and, and so that was a real thing that not a lot of people talk about either, you know? Like, yeah. the expectation of the night of marriage, the first night of marriage, like, everyone thinks or expects that sex is going to go down, and yeah. um, sometimes, like, the bride is exhausted, or the groom's exhausted, and and in our experience, like she was exhausted and she was also nervous and she was because, and so one of the coolest things that I saw about Mandy was like, she told me, she was like, honey, I've only been intimate with one man for the last, what, how many years? Two, three years. Oh Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and she was like, I've only been intimate, intimate with Jesus for the last couple of years. I like, I feel like I don't know how to introduce another man Mm -hmm. into my intimacy. Wow. That's crazy. She legitimately had this conversation with me and I'm like, that is the greatest thing I could ever hear from my future wife. Mm -hmm. Like that was such a beautiful thing until (laughs) stopped you from getting late. (laughs) Seriously. I like, I was like, wow, that's so beautiful. Right. We're like going into, you know, two weeks out from our wedding. Like, that's so amazing. And then wedding night, I'm like, this is not so amazing. <laughs> yeah. and, but it was cool because it was my opportunity to love her in the yeah. moment. And I wasn't prepared for that. Mm-hmm. I had to, I had to fight my expectations and like what my heart, like not to grow bitter, mm-hmm. like not allow my heart to grow bitter because my wife now day one, couple hours in was like hesitant on being intimate with and um, I think if my dad or, you know, a, a man in my life would have told me, hey, like, you can, you need to lead in this area of your marriage and, like, create a safe place with her and, like, understand that she's going through a whole new process mm-hmm. that you need to, like, love her through. 
Um, I think I would have been a little bit more understanding on that night. Yeah. Um, but since then, like we've had so many talks about it that yeah. it's been so amazing, but awesome. um, I wish I would have gone into that night understanding that it's a way bigger process yeah. for her. Yeah, than, than it is for, for us. us. And that's, that's I mean, that's why we had this conversation. That's why yeah. we talked for three hours because mm -hmm. yeah. no one talks about like what girls really go through on the wedding night that's and what true. you guys experience. And so like, here we are. Take it away. It's weird though because like you you talked so you came from different backgrounds. You um, were active before, and then you loved the Lord, and so you didn't, and then you went into marriage. Mm -hmm. But it was completely different from you for you. And then you talk about how you did everything, but but you still never had sex. But at the same time, for both of you, it was a completely different change for your body. And yeah. so for me, she would tell me that after we would have sex, and I would be like. What you mean changes? Like, you can't push through. Like, it's just like working out. You just got to work out the muscle. And so for he me. Did, he, he told me that, and I would get so mad at him. But I think, too, like, from Carlos's perspective, you didn't have somebody tell you, like, need, the need to communicate. Jay did, and he still had to work through all yeah. that. So I think it's great to have those conversations and be aware. But it's just like marriage counseling in general, like, can't solve your problems for you just gives you the tools to communicate through it. But we even had to work through not communicating well at first through it. Because going in, I had always perceived any sort of physical intimacy as like how somebody would love me. And so for him, I pushed through for like the first week, gave him what I thought he wanted. Then I was like, I physically cannot do this anymore. Like I physically can't, I'm in pain. I'm very uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't. And he would get frustrated because that's not what he had experienced for the first week. It was also not his expectation. And then I would feel like something was wrong with me. All the while, when he would bend slowly in the process of understanding that for me it took longer and wait until I initiated or wait until I gave the signal, I started thinking that it was, like, my way rather than understanding that sex is sacrificial on both parts. Mm -hmm. And absolutely. so even just sitting here, I was remembering something that your mom told me on our wedding night, actually. Shout out to my mom. Yeah, shout out, <laughs> shout out to mom. She's the best. But I didn't understand it until actually sitting here in this moment. She was talking about communication. She's like, you need to communicate so that it's the best he's ever had. And in that moment, I was like, hmm, I don't, I don't know if I like understand <laughs> that or believe that. But she was saying that not because I have to perform to get his love, but because communication and figuring out his needs, wants, how he's wired and sacrificing part of what I want for that makes him feel seen, known, and loved. Mm -hmm. So in the same way that y'all make a safe okay. space, I can sacrifice some of my desires. Like if I'm tired, I'm not hurting. I'm not in a place where like I'm physically uncomfortable and not able to do that. I'm just tired and don't want to. But if he's had a long week and needs me to, like, initiate, it's my job to know, like, okay, we've communicated that. It's a need of his. I'm going to sacrifice if he feels known, loved, and valued as, like, a man and a leader. Mm -hmm. So that was a big one, too, for me, I think, that I had to, like, learn. Because you bended so much to me that I thought it was my way. Uh -huh. And, and it's a snowball way. effect. Yeah. Like, nobody talks about the snowball effect. Because for me, after I, it really sunk in and I was like, okay, there are things that are going on with her and her body that I just don't understand – it almost made me not want yeah. to pursue it, not want to touch her, period. You wouldn't. I, I, you wouldn't. And not want to touch her, period. Because I was like... And I was like, what is wrong with me? Just because, love me. Because of two reasons. I was like, A, I don't want to 
to cause more harm, like, because I know it's going to end up hurting afterwards, but B, like, she probably loves me so much that she probably wouldn't tell me if she was a little bit sore and couldn't anyway. And so for me, I was like, you know what? I'm just not going to unless she initiates it because that's just the safest bet. And then that ended up being a detriment to me. Yeah, and so I don't feel rejected when I try to go in, and she's like, you know yeah. what, 100%. I can't, I can't do that today because I would rather just not get an anything than get a no, yeah. you know. And so, <laughs> <laughs> so it was tough. That's real. Yeah, that's real. And then I remember one of my favorite things, which goes back to what you said earlier, Carlos, about um, guys talking about it. Was I remember we were sitting down after we had a three-hour-long conversation about this over uh, lunch one day and it was almost like we just looked at each other in the middle of it and we were like oh you too you know yeah. like oh I'm not the only one who's going through this who thinks like this and in my head at that moment it made me think how many other people don't talk about this and are struggling with it but still don't communicate communicate about a period yeah. like 100%. so that's why I really wanted to do this I feel like it's just really really important so um, thank yeah. you guys for being on and I talking think, about it. Yeah. I think Mandy has such a cool story too. If you want to share a little bit about it, cause yours was one of like so much redemption, but then also have to working through like God redeemed every part of your story, which made walking into marriage and sex in marriage harder than it would have been. And like what that was like for you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I definitely have a past and um, <laughs> didn't mean to throw you under the bus there. Sorry. <laughs> I do. Um, and Carlos was well aware of that. And um, so we had already had conversations about that. But prior to me meeting him in a few years, you know, up to that point, I had not been sexually active and I wanted my purity back. So I went after the Lord and prayed for that restoration and prayed for him to restore me. Um, and I really wanted my body to be a temple. And so I'm like, you know what? This is the dwelling place. This is your dwelling place. And I, I want my purity back. And in conversations with Carlos, he's like, I want a pure bride. I want to see you walk down the aisle and know that we fought for purity. Mm-hmm. And so that was something that right out of the gate was very important in our relationship. And I was so thankful because I was so scared I would never find a man <laughs> yeah. who would be like, okay, with me wanting to be a pure bride. And I'm like, oh. Praise God, I have found a man who gets it. He almost scared her off, but it's okay. Yeah, she stayed. <laughs> <laughs> she wanted to run. Yeah. <laughs> but in that, uh, I never in a million years would have thought because of my past that my body would would react the way that it did yeah. when it came back to bringing intimacy, sexual intimacy back into it. And it was like, it felt like my body was rejecting it when it, when it actually happened. I was like, this is painful and this is... Like, it feels like I hadn't had sex before. And I'm like, this is the weirdest thing. (laughs) And then, you know, after some, like, you know, a couple of days, Carlos, like, came to me and he's like, you know what, I actually think this is, like, one of the most beautiful things because he's like, God truly has restored and redeemed your body. And Mm -hmm. he's like, this is, like, a gift. And I'm like, God, this is a gift. Mm -hmm. So that was, it kind of changed the whole mindset. And to have a partner who gets you and understands you is also just so important. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. I remember Megan crying at one point, like, and it, this is what really hit cry. me. You don't cry. I You're don't an eight. Cry. <laughs> <laughs> she cries. Man, you've seen it a lot. <laughs> Tears are coming. What, what is this coming down? <laughs> <laughs> I remember her. This was the breaking point for me. She was sitting there and she was crying, and uh, the only thing she said was, "Is uh, I just feel like my body's fighting against me. Yeah. Like I can't do anything. 
I just feel like it's fighting against me when I want to and I want to show you love, but I just can't, you know, and that really, uh, that really set the stage for me. Was it more anxious or nervous? Was it like more excited or more nervous going into marriage beforehand? Oh, I was just ready. You were just ready. <laughs> I was. Yeah. I really was, which is why I think out of the gate, like we had a lot of sex <laughs> quickly in the yeah. first like week or so. And then my body was like, hold up. <laughs> this did not work out well for you. I was you. like, shoot, this how it's going to be? Let's <laughs> go. I set the expectation very high. <laughs> I set the expectation very high that first week. Yeah, you did. I don't think it's been up there since that first week. <laughs> it, was the, it was the honeymoon at home phase. That's what it yeah. was. That's a good way yeah. to put it. Honeymoon at home. We did. We honeymooned at home. Yeah. But I wasn't super anxious. I think more so than anything that shocked me was, like, the emotional side of it, being in covenant and, like, always having to feel like I was, like, earning someone's love previously and being in a space where, like, I felt protected, seen, known, loved for me, like, completely by you and how emotional that was mm-hmm. for me in that moment. I was like, ooh, <laughs> ooh, this is a new feeling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, afterwards, I was like, oh, this is what people meant by there's, like, such a soul connection but it's like so much more than just like the physical act inside the covering of like marriage yeah but i think it's important to talk about the fact that a lot of people listening probably aren't they like they're probably not waiting yeah uh and so i think that's this is good period because regardless of how you're doing it sex is something that just doesn't get talked about openly when between each other between like you and your friend group just because it's taboo and so this is gonna why why would you go into a test knowing you could have a cheat sheet by listening to other people's stories and not use it and so i think it's really important because this is this can just be helpful i think in that if we're going off of that analogy you don't actually like understand and learn the material which is why conversation tends to be so casual around sex and talks about like the funny stories the crazy stories like the anomalies of what it is rather than like the reality of what it is. And oh, I yeah. think me and you probably speak to this too. For me, I had never experienced the level of like safety and security in like a relationship where there was any physical stuff happening. The way that I felt in sex with you being married mm-hmm. and like knowing that even if you hate me on the worst day, like you're not going anywhere. It gives so much security that I think people forget about because they're just like I have all these hormones or I love this person I want them to see that I love them I want them to stay I want them to like know me see me I feel like this is the way we do it this is all I've known not realizing that they're actually lacking this like huge piece of like security commitment and like trust ultimately I think that's a big thing Mm -hmm. I think it's important though because it's not just it's like regardless of where you're at with it it's not just sex. It's not just physical. Like, it means something different for the both of you in the relationship. Like, that's how it is for you. And for me, it's just a closeness. Like, where you feel close to me after just coming home and talking to me for hours and hours and hours and hours. And hours. <laughs> it's not that long. And I just hours. don't know how your day was. You come home at 6, we're talking till 10. It's a long time. <laughs> Yeah, he's in it for the rest of his life. Where that's closeness for you, closeness for me is having sex. And so it's just different because it's not just physical. It's not. And so, like, is that something that you guys had to talk about as well? Just what that meant for the both of you? I think, and Megan and I have talked about this recently, but I think the most important, 
important thing for us is learning the power of sex in marriage because if, if we're not having sex, we are feeling more distant. Yeah. And when we're having sex, <laughs> it's like we communicate better. We're more loving. Yeah. We're more appreciative. So there really is something about the glue that is holding us together. And when it comes to sex, it really kind of changes things. To be yeah. Honest. Yeah. Cause you get one person to do that with. Mm -hmm. And so that, that separates that relationship with any other relationship you have. And so sex makes your, your marriage special because that's something that's you do with one person. Mm -hmm. And so I think knowing that she is my one person and I get to do that with her, it, it creates that intimacy and that connection that you're talking about, Jay, where like, you are my special person and this is how I'm reminded of that. Or that's how, this is how we, yeah. this, this is how we can build that. And the same thing for her, like for her, she wants to connect emotionally. Yes, physically, but like also emotionally, like she, no, she really like, it's real. She'll, she'll I would pause. also like to talk for hours. And hours. I love it too. And I feel like you're that way too. Like you're so pretty, you just call me. you're pretty connected to <laughs> yeah. your emotional side. So yeah. like you, you appreciate a good conversation. You appreciate like intentionality. Mm -hmm. And so like, she'll like, we'll pause the TV show and she's like, honey, I feel like we haven't connected. Me all the time. <laughs> me all and the I, time. I'm like, like, you have conversations with everyone else. Why aren't you talking yep. to me? Yeah. He <laughs> shut the lights off last night and I turned them back on. I'm like, you haven't even talked to me yet. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm like, and I'm we like, had just been at dinner with another couple for like four hours. Yeah. Like, it's and not I'm the like, same. Honey, I've seen, we've been together since 4.30 this afternoon. He's like, I don't know what else you want from me. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know. You got questions for me? Or like, and so she'll just sit there and she's like, okay, so what do you want to ask me? <laughs> me, I'm like, I'm like you okay. Can, or he'll say something or I'll ask him a question and he'll answer it with a one word answer. And then I'm like, a conversation requires two ways. That this is, is not a monologue. But, this is a conversation. But see, see so that, that is so like, that is so like vital in, yeah. a, in a relationship is connecting not only physically, but emotionally, For mentally, sure. spiritually. Um, and so like for her, she desires that she wants to connect with her man, um, mentally. Her man. Yeah. And so, but yeah, but she, it's so important to her that like, we'll see each other for seven hours and be around each other, but yet she'll pause before she goes to bed mm -hmm. and she wants that connection first before she goes to bed. She wants to connect emotionally and mentally. And, um, I think that like, we, we were just talking about this in the car, but like, I think a lot of times, like like relationship encounter, like, um, adultery, like unfaithfulness, mm -hmm. it's because the, all those connections aren't being met. And when the, mm -hmm. those aren't being met, um, you'll find it somewhere else. And then it always ends up in sex mm -hmm. or, or most of the time it will end up that relationship, whether you are connecting with that person spiritually, mentally, emotionally, it'll always eventually yep. connect sexually. Mm -hmm. But, but, those are just as powerful, and that's how it gets to unfaithfulness. That's how adulteries happen. Adultery happens is like we. I think we sometimes like downplay how powerful just connecting emotionally is. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. that's that's the first step in in someone becoming unfaithful. And so, um, from you know, for us too, like we've realized that, and so we prioritize connecting emotionally, because we're we're not going to let the enemy in any of our, like mm -hmm. come into any of our camp. Yeah. So I think us keeping that up, just like you Huge. guys, like the women feeling like, okay, I need to serve my husband and connect with him physically because that's what he wants. The husband needs to understand the wife needs to connect emotionally. And mm -hmm. so like creating that, that 
um, standard and, and living in it is yeah. it's a beautiful thing but yeah it's a huge one yeah yeah that emotional part is big even beforehand like I know that I can't just go up and start kissing on her and her want to have sex with me. I gotta probably, I gotta make Depends her dinner. I gotta, I gotta make her dinner. I gotta. She's an acts of service person, uh-huh. so that's her love language. I also so just me, like feeling included. That's a big thing. I think with you, we've learned that though. Why he like Loki just kind of rolled his eyes at me? It's okay because he hears it all the time. That's marriage. I think it's the, the, it goes back to the emotional thing. I'm like, yes, I want you to like do things for me. Without me having to tell you to do them, I want you to want to do the dishes. Yes. <laughs> well, I do the dishes. He cleans, Can't so it's do fine. That he doesn't like the dishes. Can't do that. He'll cook. He'll clean. He'll make the bed, but he won't do the dishes. <laughs> he won't even put them in the dishwasher. <laughs> it's like a rare day. <laughs> but so I know. But I think for me, that's been a big thing that we've worked through. Is like me initiating more for him, but then him learning like I have to let her in because he, as a three, has a lot of masks and puts on a lot of different fronts to be what people need him to be and so when he comes home he just wants to be and i'm like no but i need you to be a husband before you're like a mentor and a friend Mm -hmm. and all of these things and you come home and you don't want to talk or include me or hear about your like creative ideas from other people and then it makes it made me for a while until we really worked through that like very on the outside of things um, and that's something he had to realize because it's never something he had to walk through. I mean, he had younger siblings, but most of his life he was acted pretty much like an only child. So he didn't have to like have those conversations with people. Yeah. Welcome to the, I was about to say 30 second. Half-time we can't show. call it the 30 second halftime show anymore because we went like two minutes every time. So welcome to the halftime show. Three things. Have you ever played the game three things? No. no. Three things. I'm going to ask you a question and you have to give me three things okay. in 30 seconds. You ready? <laughs> Both of you can collectively do them I'm together. I'm just watching. You ready? <laughs> One, two, three. Yeah. Okay. Three songs that you have to scream out when they come on. Go. Go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> go. Go. You got 30 seconds. We're like 10 seconds in. I gave you one. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. No help. <laughs> We're like Surrender 15. By. Surrender. There's a song called Surrender. I just love it. Surrender. Uh, One. By Natalie Taylor. Sing by Justin Timberlake. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's time. That was longer time. than 30 seconds. It had to have been longer than 30 yeah. seconds. I feel like we need we to restart ready. the halftime show. <laughs> well, that concludes Don't the halftime show where they <laughs> where they could not even finish the three things. That's a first. All right, let's be real for a second. No, for real. We're always real. Because a lot of people, all right, listen, a lot of people, they test drive their cars before they ever actually take them off the lot and buy them. Were you afraid that it was going to suck going into marriage? Like, because you can't go back. You know, if you do it right and you don't have sex before marriage, you're going in and you're like, okay, I love them regardless. But then what happens if it sucks? Were you scared of that? (laughs) No, I really wasn't. I really wasn't. I really wasn't. Him right now. I wasn't. I wasn't. But some people are. Were y'all? Were you like, mm, this could be real one. bad? <laughs> no, he's asking you guys. No, I knew if I loved him, I was gonna love that. That's cheating. There you it go. It's true. It's true. No, I will. All right, it was a joke, but I was for real asking. <laughs> I was for real asking because some people that that's a like that's a no go. I mean, like 
like you said, you were afraid, like you were never going to find somebody who would yeah. be accepting of like not having sex beforehand. Yes. A lot of people will not go Even. for it because you're like, you know what? I don't, I don't know if this is going to work because I'm not going to get into it and then that not be. But see, that to me, that is like the one thing that I feel like purity lacks is understanding the power of purity. Because oh, yeah. I, I, th- I think no purity keeps you pure and keeps you sober. Yeah. You That's know? good. And so like in a relationship, if you're having sex then there are other emotional ties or, mm-hmm. or soul ties that you're connecting with this person on a level that you probably don't can't fully understand what's mm-hmm. happening. And then it's really hard to break up with that person because oh, you've yeah. been having a lot of sex with them. Mm-hmm. And so I think sex keeps you com- or not having sex keeps you completely sober because mm-hmm. we've experienced the power of sex when like, say like we both have had like a rough day or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like we, we end up having sex and we, when we have that, like our attitudes change like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We are like a lot more touchy, a lot more mm-hmm. like loving. And so like there is power in that. And I think that when you're dating, if you stay sober minded, you can really choose who you're with, mm-hmm. like fully. Mm-hmm. You can fully like choose, okay, I want to date this yeah. person yeah. because I'm not blinded by the sex. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not um, intoxicated by the sex. Yeah. Like I can actually make a logical decision and say, this person's my person. Absolutely. And even if you are, even if you are having sex, like I guarantee if you cut it out, oh, you will 100%. very quickly tell, oh, is this is this who I'm supposed to? I, I, we were even talking about that. Yeah. I, after hearing y'all's story, after Megan and I going through it, after just like seeing it actually happen, I'm a firm believer in the fact that you may not know if it's your husband or your wife like that, but if you take sex off the table, Within no. a few days, just within a few you dates, no, you will be able to. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, so real you'll quick, know real quick. You'll know, like, yeah. is this worth it or is this not? Like, yeah. can we keep this thing going? Even if you don't know if it's your husband or wife yet, I'm not saying you'll know yeah. within 20 days, but like, it just takes the blinders off. It is it so yeah. blinding because you're like, well, that's good, it's, and that that's a red flag, and that's a red flag. Yeah. But at least the sex is good, oh, so yeah. we can try and see if this thing is going to work you can out. Compromise on a lot of things. Oh yeah, if you're having sex. <laughs> and I think too, it's like that's such a good point because even when we dated, Jay and I were distance, and mm-hmm. so we saw each other less frequently. So I think that temptation was even more. However, I learned so much more about like Jay's character because that wasn't a factor. Mm-hmm. Um, and watching like how he would serve other people and how like patient he was with me when maybe I wasn't the easiest. And he had sex in all of his like previous mm-hmm. relationships, and that was a big factor for him in his other relationships. And he's such a hopeless romantic in that <laughs> way <laughs> that yeah. I learned very quickly that even at my worst, he loved me regardless of like needing anything from me mm-hmm. other than for me to like just be me um so i think that's a huge huge factor and it doesn't allow comparison into the relationship yeah i think that's another big thing is i think because i'll never forget our conversation when he told me that he had had sex previously with a lot of other women and he said i my biggest fear was always telling my future wife mm-hmm. that yeah. about this because of what she would feel and any comparison that it may cause. And I was just like, thank you for being honest. And I had told him I had waited and had done everything but, but I had saved that part. And just watching, like, the joy. Because now I'm like, you're the best I ever had. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, she actually means it. So, but yeah. I think that's a nice thing, too, is it doesn't allow any comparison. Because I think when you're fighting with your spouse, it's easy to allow feelings of comparison 
especially people who don't have a biblical foundation, mm-hmm. to kind of cloud their idea of yeah. sex and their sexual relationship with their spouse because things aren't going well. And so it's easy to be like, oh, well, this relationship was easier. Mm-hmm. Sex was better. It was more fun than having to face commitment and understanding that sex is a huge part of that commitment. Mm-hmm. That is so good. <laughs> Why do you guys think it's so difficult to talk about it with each other? I mean, and you can go any way with that, really, like whether it's talking about it with your spouse, whether it was how it was, like what your expectations are, um, even uh, like doing something different, like even the conversation of like, hey, you want to do something different is so difficult for people or whether it's us like guys talking about it together. Like, why do you guys think it's so difficult to talk, talk about? I don't know. I think sometimes she waits for me to like bring it up or... I feel like you want me to like they like, do it's okay to like do this now <laughs> well like, it's like a green light i'm like no you lead this <laughs> until you yeah. start leading it and then they're like oh no 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 <laughs> we are not doing that yeah tonight. yeah but, we are not doing that. they don't but, like being rejected man but, but it's it's a real and it's thing a turn off. it is that, that's that's a real thing between guys like i think that's when we looked at each other and we mm-hmm. were like you know what I've been doing. You know, yeah. But, Maybe I'm like, what? But it, it's a real thing. It's like, you know, we can lead and we know how to like, we know how to like do what we want to do with, you know, with a woman. It's a natural mm-hmm. thing. Or at least I think I know. But, uh, but, but, but like in the beginning, like the woman goes through changes and goes through a, yeah. a whole process. So we can't just like. Yeah, exactly. Do what we want. Or, uh-huh. Like, whatever you know it like we have to like take them into consideration and like hear them and understand so what's it's going difficult on because you we don't want to hurt you physically <laughs> yeah, or, yeah. Like, or there's a process or like you know like certain positions you can't do right now and it's like is it the right time can we bring this yeah. up right now you and know like, like oh that hurts and it's like oh i'm sorry for hurting you most of the time it hurts bad so <laughs> So yeah, it's that's, real. that's why, you know, the guy, it's like, uh, uh, like, you know, it's like, can I do this? Can I mm-hmm. not do this? And so we kind of like, sometimes in the beginning, I kind of felt like you take a step back and let her lead because you want to respect her mm-hmm. and you want to like allow her to feel safe mm-hmm. and comfortable and confident in what's happening. It's almost like when you're ready, then I'm ready. Yeah. 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 And so you step back and then, so, but now we've learned each other and yeah. like, now, like, I mean, we're a couple weeks in, or maybe almost two months in, but, like, now I, I understand, like, her, like, cues and, like, what, you know, when she gives me, like, a little clue or something, mm-hmm. but, and then I take over, but, um, but even then, like, I'm still sensitive on, like, where she's at and, like, what's going on and stuff, but that's why. We found it much more, I mean, now we're in, like, an enjoyable state, but there's definitely some things that we haven't, like, worked through yet, so. Yeah, it's still a process even two months in. Oh, yeah. absolutely. And, and yeah, she feels yeah. a lot, like, I remember, like. Because you said, like, about, like, crying. Like, mm-hmm. Megan cried. Like I cried. I cried. Let <laughs> me know. We also have tears on this side, of that, on this side too. And, it, and it's, like, when, when you're, like, a man and you love this woman and you see your woman drop some tears or, like, cry over something that, like, you're trying to, like, connect with her and, like, be intentional and be, like, intimate with her, it hurts you. Mm-hmm. It hurts your heart because you care for this woman and you're seeing her cry and all she's trying to do is please you, but it's causing her so much pain. Mm-hmm. And so you feel responsible for that pain. Man. And so you're like, you know what? Like, 
we don't have to have sex. Like, yeah, because it's going to cause you a lot of pain, and that hurts me to then know that. that hurts me. Because yeah. I'm like, well, then I'm not doing my job as a yeah. wife, and I want to be doing these. Yeah, it's it's, it's a revive. Yeah, it's a revolving it's cycle. cycle. And it's like, and it's <laughs> she's like, but 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 it's the thing. It's like you have to. The man has to understand what the woman's going through, and he has to be okay with it, mm-hmm. and, and love her through it. Because if you don't, then you're just going to be this husband that's a bulldozer, or a boyfriend, or whatever. Whoever's listening, like you're just going to bulldoze a situation where the woman doesn't feel safe, but she doesn't feel safe to even tell you she mm-hmm. feels yeah. unsafe. Mm-hmm. And that's a real thing, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And women, but it's also it's all. Go ahead. I didn't I mean to cut say, you off. Women are like powerful beings, so like you guys can go through so much pain and like yeah. overcome it all. Like you guys carried children for nine <laughs> months. Like, you're, like you guys go through so much and you're able to like overcome it. Um, that like, I think sometimes a woman, whether she's dating the guy or married to the guy, she just says, it's okay. Like I'll just, I'll, I'll overcome mm-hmm. it. It's okay. And she keeps it in instead of like communicating and being like, Hey, this hurts and I can't do this every day. Mm-hmm. And so, it's cool that we were able to communicate. And I was able to hear you say, "Hey, I can't do yeah. this every day." You know, <laughs> I had the privilege to hear my wife tell me that. You know? But it's also it's it's difficult because you have to have the line of, you know, what you have to be patient and you have to understand that it's not just about you and it's sacrifice and it's both and. But then you have to hear as a guy, nothing's wrong with you. Nothing's wrong with your urges. Nothing's wrong with your passion and desire and. Like you're okay, dude. Um, and so it's a balance. But then again, on the flip side for women, you were even talking about uh, how, like how it makes you feel. So kind of going to that, how, how it makes you feel when he's like, you know what, we just don't have to. Well, yeah, I mean, as, as your spouse, I know what I'm supposed to be doing and I want to be doing those things. And I want to make sure that your needs are being met, that I'm serving you in that way. And if I'm not doing that, or if I don't feel adequate, or if I feel like I'm in pain, or I feel like I'm not giving the right, then I feel like, well, I'm failing as a wife right now because yeah. I've waited my whole life to be this person <laughs> that I had like hoped and dreamed that I would be and be able to give to somebody. And then if my body's not performing, then I'm like, well, this is a failure. <laughs> you know, this is not going well. No. And so that's just as like, I feel like, you know, for different opposite sexes that's kind of like our struggle with the two so it's it's like a double-edged sword on both ends because we're both feeling pain from something that's supposed to be like so beautiful and it is and it, it's like mm-hmm. everything that it's supposed to be but it, it just takes time and it just takes yeah. understanding and getting to know each other and learning each other's bodies and the process really is real mm-hmm. yeah I think the understanding is a huge part because I would be at a place where I was like ready and in a place to like have sex with him and I felt like I was doing what he would need and want in order for me to like initiate and he would have had like a few days without having sex Mm -hmm. and be in like this mood and he wouldn't want it and so then Mm -hmm. I feel rejected and part of him deep down I mean we've talked about it and communicated about it and you can speak a little bit to it is I think men also struggle and it's kind of the two-sided sword like I want you to feel what I feel but I also don't want to cause you pain. Yeah. And so, like, very subconsciously, there would be moments where he's like, I want you to feel the rejection I've been feeling. And so then I would, and then I'd feel even more like a failure. And then he would carry guilt for trying to make me feel like that, and we'd have to communicate mm-hmm. through that aspect mm-hmm. of it, too. And I'd be so mad. I'd be like, I just don't understand. Like, I thought this is what you wanted. And he's like, I'm just not in the mood. 
you're just not in the mood sometimes. I'm like, you're never not in the mood. (laughs) And in my head, I'm like, you're right. That's true. And so we've had to communicate through that. And that's where humility, understanding, compassion, like patience really play in. Because I can't be offended because I, I understand those feelings too. And so I have to put myself in his shoes of like, he's been very patient with me. Mm-hmm. He's been very understanding of like my times and my emotions. And so in this moment, I need to like push through my feelings of maybe yes. like rejection or offense or whatever it may be to make him feel loved because clearly he's not getting something that he needs. Because men are hardwired to be these strong forces, rocks, protectors of like the family and like of their wives and of the women in their lives. However, they have a lot of emotions that they don't talk about too. And so the same way we struggle with insecurity, they do, they just hide it better because the world tells them that if they express that, they're weak. Or something's wrong with them. Or, or something's, something's not wrong. Yeah. And so we just take it to the chin and yeah. speak up. But you guys read through us because you see us every day. So yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys read us like books. And so oh, he hates it's hard. He hates it, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's like, I don't feel that way. I'm like, um, you do. You're in a mood. Like, she, let's talk about it. He's like, no, I'm not in a mood. I'm just being quiet. I'm like, okay. Says your tone and your body language. <laughs> and, and it's what you're saying. It's what you're saying. Yeah. It's like men are expected to like not be like that. Like, or not be like oh, this hurt my heart, or like this, da, da, da. It's like, okay, cool. Like, I'm just not going to tell her this too shall pass, whatever. <laughs> but it won't pass because yeah. the, our wives see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and Mandy's always, or not always, but she was like, why does it look like somebody kicked your puppy? And I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm stealing that. That is the best line. And I'm like, no one ever. kicked my puppy. <laughs> she's like, yes, honey, you walk around like someone kicked your puppy. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, you're right. And then we start talking about it. But yeah. it, it takes, it takes, you know, the woman's insight and discernment <laughs> mm-hmm. to call that out of a man and show them that it's okay for a guy to talk yeah. about what hurt and, like, rejection. Like, that's so hard for a guy to talk <laughs> about. Yeah. Especially we're not marriage. supposed to care. We're not yeah, supposed to care you're not rejection. supposed to care. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. Especially in marriage because that's supposed to be a place where you have free reign to get whatever you want, whenever you want, is what the world tells you, you know? Because that's what you only hear. Like, you hear about it in Cosmo, you hear about it. And all married people talk about is sex is great, marriage is great. Few people talk about. That's why Jay is so big on if we're having a disagreement, I'm not going to hide it from people because we fight fair. We never bring up things that the other one did wrong. We never throw things that can't be unsaid at each other. But people don't talk about that because they don't let those things be seen. Um, Which is interesting that that's all people think sex, I mean, marriage is, is sex, sex, sex whenever you want it. Because I looked up the stats before we came in and most married couples have sex. This is shocking to me. Most married, married couples have sex five times a month. That's all Once I could think is week. if he had sex five times a month, he'd be the meanest human being ever. I would be the, my, my puppy would be kicked. <laughs> Only 40% of couples have sex more than three times a week. That was like 7.5% have it daily. 7% have it have daily sex. Yeah. I don't care how you did it before. I don't care if you were both virgins and you, were, and you loved the Lord. I don't care if you had sex going into it. All married couples, 7.5% have sex on a daily. So when I read that, it made me feel so good because I was like, oh, oh, no, just nobody's talking about it. No. Because I'm like, we above that. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) He's just throwing our stats out there to the world. Let it be known. (laughs) 
What do you? So, what would you guys say as as women? Like, what's the best piece of advice that you would give any woman going into it, going into marriage? You want to go first, Mandy? You got this. Oh, I got this. <laughs> you have so much faith in me. Thank you. Um, be patient with yourself. I think is a big one. Yeah. Because, like the men said, I think there's a part of women, especially nowadays in a world that idolizes very strong women. Um, it's actually something I was wrestling with a few weeks ago was like vulnerability and strength don't have to be one or another. Like there's a balance between the two. Um, and so being patient with yourself in that process, not thinking that you have to be so strong and the provider of like everything that your husband needs because you're never going to be everything your husband needs. You're never going to be the perfect wife. You're never going to have a perfect sex life. You're never going to communicate perfectly. You're never going to always fight fair. You're never going to read their mind and serve them fully the way that they need to. Like, you're not going to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. They need to have a higher being. The Lord is the only one that can do that for them. And they need men. Like, they need strong men, mentors Mm -hmm. in their life. Like, good, solid friends who know them, know their junk, know what they're going through. Mentors that can call them up. Because as much as I know him, because I know you better than most people know you. Anybody. Yeah, but there's still going to be things that I can't call him up and out of and that he needs to hear from a a strong man who is going to be able to, like, really get on him about the things and, like, light a different kind of fire. Because I always challenge him. I always step on his toes, help him see things differently. But some things he's only going to hear from a man. And so be patient with yourself. Allow yourself to go through the process of sacrifice, surrender, because we like to cast all the blame on men that they're the selfish ones and they're the ambitious ones and they're the ones that are climbing this ladder of success and Mm -hmm. wealth we do it too we just do it differently and it's a world that idolizes strong women who climb the ladder who make things happen who are bosses i know so many of them i was one of them but i've stepped into a season of literally having to lay everything out open-handed sitting on the floor being like this is a season where i'm called to like serve my husband and support my husband doesn't mean I'm a failure doesn't make me less than it just means I'm learning how to be strong in a different area so that's the big thing that I would say I think just to add to that I think communicating with your spouse is highly highly important because our bodies are so beautiful like the Mm -hmm. the things that a woman gets to experience you know as a mother and as a woman it's like continually changing like different age brackets different there's like different body changes hormones and all those things that are happening and I think sometimes we forget all the things that are going on Mm -hmm. and so you know they really do play a factor in moods and all of those kind of things and I think just the communication because your spouse you guys are married they they just love each other you know they want to understand you they want to be your partner they want to enjoy times with you then they want to be there for you when it's not a time to be intimate so I think the communication between the two of you needs to be very transparent and very honest because you're gonna have healthy boundaries in, in those times where it's not the time and then there are times where you can be you know free and allow yeah. those things to happen and the growth will happen in those moments too so yeah transparency with each other is huge I think one of the best things that my mentor Leah told me one time, it's actually something we just recently talked about, is um, we look at men and we think their lives are so stable, um, but we just forget that women's lives are more seasonal. 
So you have seasons of motherhood, seasons of working, seasons of singleness, where you have the ability to do anything and everything you want. Seasons of newly married, seasons of retired. Like women's lives are just seasonal. Like we change with our husband's seasons. We change with our kids' seasons. And so we beat ourselves up because men tend to be more like this in their seasons. Like they're very much always leaders. They don't tend to have to like fluctuate with motherhood and children as much. Like they're the ones that can kind of remain steady and climb those last. Yeah. And they were meant to be rocks of family. So that fits very much with like biblical principles of marriage. But I think women, we think we're failing when really God just designed us to be much more seasonal with mm-hmm. what we're doing. So good. What would you say to all the guys? Like, if you had one piece of advice, what? No, let me rephrase it. What would? What do you think would be the one piece of advice you wish you would have had going into it? Ooh, that's good. I would tell my son, and I wish I would have known this, is to try your best to understand mm. your wife, and know that that's your number one priority is to okay. understand her and love her in the moment because. Mm. I think our first night of marriage, if I would have known that and been prepared to understand her um, and, and love her in her process, I think my heart wouldn't have had to go through the obstacles that it had to go through to not grow bitter or frustrated or, you know, whatever, or not feel rejected. You know, like if I had a healthy mindset, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have felt rejected. Yeah. I would have known this is just a big deal for her. This is a big process for her. This is a new season yeah. for her. You know, and, and I need to understand that and love her through it. Mm-hmm. And so I think putting your wife first and like learning how to do that and knowing that that's your number one priority, mm-hmm. even on the first night of marriage is like, hey, are you OK? Are we good? Like, are you ready for this? Like, you know, understanding that she needs to hear those things and know that that's a safe place for her to communicate. I'm actually terrified. You know, I think if the wife knows that you'll have an incredible yeah. and healthy relationship, um, whether it's intimate or just like surface level, she'll always be free to be herself. And mm-hmm. I think that's the best way to lead a household in, in a marriage is to always create an environment that's safe. Mm-hmm. So I think I would have, I would have wanted someone to tell me like, Hey, try to try your best to understand what she's going through and love her in that. That's good. Mm-hmm. I and think, what do you wish you had learned? Yeah. Or what? Because you were told a lot of things. But what's one thing that you weren't that you wish you had? Because you had a lot of strong mentors around you that were very much like surrogate dads. Yeah. But there has to be something that you weren't. Um, this is just for all the guys that are listening. I would say one thing that I didn't hear until after I got married was it's really simple too. But every man needs a man, mm-hmm. like. Pastor JD, who we had on the first season, who did amazing, by the way, um, he he told me that, and it just it hit me different. Every man needs a man, and as I start like to look into that more, when you look in Genesis and you see Adam and God creating Adam, we put so much emphasis on having someone above, beside, and below you. Have someone who's mentoring over you, someone you can do life with, and then somebody that you're pouring into. And I think we put a lot of emphasis on the above which is good, but the need most of all was for the one beside you. Absolutely. Because you look at the garden and the first thing that you see wasn't good in this world was not sin. It was for a man to be alone. But then it says that Adam walked and talked with God in the cool of the day. I'm talking about fall weather, like that perfect weather. (laughs) Walked and talked with God all 
day and just talked with him. And he was alone. And it wasn't good. But how can you be with God and be alone? And so the next thing that God tells Adam to do is to go and name all the animals. That was very, that was very, very, very big. He told him to name the animals because afterwards it says that Adam didn't find a suitable, suitable helper for him. He was trying to give him that need and that um, just that knowledge of, hey, these aren't enough. And dominion, someone underneath him. He was giving him, he already had the above. He was giving him the below. Hey, you're over them. But though you have me who's above you and you have them who you're ruling over, you still have a very big yeah. need. It is still not good to do this thing alone because there's only so much that you can relate to me about. I am God. I am your father. I am on a level that you are not at, even though you're my son and you're created yeah. in my image. And you're not on their level because I created you to rule over them. And so it's very big because he did create a wife, but the whole the big message is that you just need somebody to do life with. Yeah. And so I think we put a lot of emphasis on the other areas, but we don't have a lot of emphasis on that because we can think we can, we think we can do it by ourselves, selves, especially as men. We think, you know what? I got it. Just me and my wife, especially when you first get married as newlyweds, you hunker down and you're like, we're going to figure this thing out together. And then you cut off everybody else unintentionally. And then you look up five years later and you're like, oh, where are my guys at? Yeah. And so I think it's very important that every man has a man because that's going to, if I had somebody like when me and Carlos were sitting there and we finally like had that moment where we were like, oh, not just me. Cause I hadn't talked about this to anybody yet. You know, I think that's just really yeah. important. Um, so I would say every man needs men. I think that echoes in marriage though too. Cause I know my greatest gifts, cause those who know me know that the season of like transitioning jobs and supporting you and, really like stepping into that role when I'm used to leading so much is it's just been a very tough season. Yeah. And for me, my greatest gifts were like the married couples that we did life with. Like me and you've been like the sweetest gift. Like we've walked through so much together anyway. Absolutely. And I've seen you from when you were like, I'm never getting married. I'm never having kids. I'm married <laughs> to Jesus. Great. Y'all think I'm joking that, right? that she oh, said really that real. exact thing. I had to like pray over her womb. It was fine. It was a thing. She did that too. <laughs> they did. But we Lying walked through. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pentecostals. Sorry, a little weird. It's great. Um, but it. <laughs> some people may think it's weird. <laughs> we don't think it's weird. <laughs> but we walked through so much and now standing in a season of newly married together, watching our husbands mm. being able to connect, but also being able to have these conversations and saying, Carlos, that's a great point. Jay hadn't even been able to communicate that. So now I see something from Jay's perspective better. Same thing with you and me. We have a place as wives to go and say, my husband did X, Y, and Z. And it's not something where I'm dishonoring Jay and I'm dishonoring our marriage. But God gave me couples to walk through this thing with and say, I love him. I want to honor him, serve him, love him to the best I can. But I'm frustrated yeah. because of all of these things and we hide the things in our marriage because we never want to seem disloyal because mm -hmm. I think loyalty is such a big thing in marriage mm -hmm. and doing life with couples who have the same beliefs, who will be strong when y'all aren't is huge because it gives you a place to not be dishonoring, but to be transparent yes. mm -hmm. and to do it in an honoring way. And I know if I ever went to Mandy and was frustrated at you, she'd be like, and you're being a little disrespectful. Like, let's take a second, like maybe pray about it. But she would always communicate and help me talk through that so I could go back 
into my marriage healthy, whole, and like ready to have those conversations if that ever did come up. And also, when you're going into a season of parenthood out of newly married, like I talked to somebody who their new parents, they feel so alone and so isolated that doing life with couples that are in the same seasons prevents isolation down the line when parenthood and like raising children, like godly children, requires an army. Mm-hmm. And my mom was always like, move back to Kansas City. I'm like, I can't because my people that would help me in this as an individual, because you can lose your identity in parenthood, in marriage, in all of the seasons, like they're here. Yeah. And I'm not walking away from that because that's a gift that I'm not going to just shy away from because it would be easier. Yeah. Yeah. I think good community requires vulnerability. Yeah. Yeah. And absolutely. And like you, you Tweet gave it. us a word for like our like friend wedding we had. Oh yeah. Where you said that like they let our me cry. our relationship would be like a like a glass mm-hmm. um, house house, mm-hmm. and where everyone can see. And this topic is not an easy topic. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a pretty like vocal guy, <laughs> but like this is not an easy topic to have, especially like when when someone else that you're with is mm-hmm. involved because like you don't want to expose them or you don't want to expose your relationship or yeah. whatever, but. Mm-hmm. I think that's why this is so important. It's because, like you said, a man needs a man and a woman needs a woman. And it's like, who else is going to talk about these things? Exactly. And so we'd rather be the first ones, you know, and it's not an easy topic. And like, you were nervous coming in to today. You're like, this is, this this is is something people don't talk about. No. Yeah. It's super taboo. And like, you want to protect your marriage. You Mm want to protect your relationship. And you also don't want to like say something wrong or like, you know what I mean? Or like, offend your person yeah. or whatever but like um i don't know I, I think it's a challenge to be vulnerable for sure and um and, and do that with your community but i also think that your community needs that from you absolutely because that way they feel open to be vulnerable with you and you learn things together that you would have never learned if you guys weren't talking about mm-hmm. topics that mm-hmm. you needed to talk about and get yeah. it off your chest like me and jay are a lot closer now off of that one moment where we were both being vulnerable and we're like, Whoa, yes. Yeah. You get me. We go, we've gone through this. And so now I know I feel free to be able to have any kind of conversation with them in that. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, you guys are absolutely right. Thank you for coming on and talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, it's not the easiest conversation, but it's a very good conversation to have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, absolutely. I am I really them. excited for say what? Said I love them. I do too. I'm excited for everybody to see it. Um, and I love that we came to it from the perspective of not knowing everything about it. Yeah. We just coming at it like, yo, nobody talks about this, but yeah. we need people we need to talk about it with. So yeah. let's do it and let's have people hear it so that they know they're not alone. Yeah. So I really appreciate you guys doing that. Um, thank you so much, really. Yeah, thanks yeah. for having us. We could do a round two. We could do a round <laughs> two. What should we talk about next, guys? <laughs> hey, until the next episode, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you on the next episode of The Space Between. Peace. <laughs>